This is Basketball More Than a Game with your hosts, Coach Goins and Coach Quick. Former high school coach and player have teamed up again to share their knowledge of the game and life skills on and off the court. Now here are Coaches G and Q. All right, so you know what time it is. This is Coach Goins, and it is basketball more in the game. Like we always say, make sure you got your sneakers on and you got them laced up tight. But before we get in that, we've got a special, uh, we want to dedicate uh, our show today to the Honorable Sheriff of Hope County, North Carolina, and Mr. Hubert Peterkin, uh, who passed uh, recently. And we just want to send out our thoughts, our prayers uh, to him, to his department, uh, for all of the dedication uh, that he served the citizens of Hope County and the state of North Carolina, uh, because he did hold various positions, uh, state level, uh, as well as being the sheriff of Hope County. So we dedicate the, the show to him. So Coach Quick, what's popping? Hey, what's going on, Coach G? You want to know what's popping with Coach Q? Well, Coach Q is so excited about today's very special guest via telephone. I feel like I'm on the campus of Norfolk State University, posted up inside the classroom, waiting on something exciting to happen. So after this short break, Coach Goins is going to come right back and introduce you to our very special guest. So make sure those sneakers are laced up tight. So I appreciate that setup, uh, Coach Quick. And like we always say, just make sure you got them laced up tight because today you may, you know what, you may need uh, your sneakers laced up tight and also your cleats. So it is our honor and privilege today to have on our very special guest. Uh, she is a native of Raleigh, North Carolina, and she's also a graduate of North Carolina Central University where she majored in English. She also has a master's in educational media, and she also has a Ph.D., in mass communications from Howard University. Also, she just recently retired uh, from the Department of Mass Communications where uh, and journalism for over 40 years of service as a professor at Norfolk State University. We'd like to welcome to Basketball More in the Game, Dr. Wanda Brockington. Welcome, doctor. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Glad to talk to both of you. Excellent, excellent. So, Coach Quick, man, you know what? Uh, we got a lot to cover, so I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to you and let, let's get this thing rolling. Yes, sir. Welcome, Dr. Brockington, to Basketball More in the Game. What is Thank your you. greatest professional achievement and why? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I, I think the greatest joy and privilege and blessing um, that has come my way uh, is from teaching. And that's the ability to touch young people and to affect them in a positive way. And sometimes I don't know right away. It may be years before I find out that I um, made an impact on someone's life. But whenever they come to me, whether it's a week later, a month later, or in some cases 20 years later, and they tell me you made a difference in my life, I can't think of any greater joy than that. And uh, I, I'm pleased to say that I enjoy a really good uh, relationship with my former students. I'm in touch with quite a few. And, you know, in 40 years, I taught a lot of people. And um, 
stay uh, through Facebook and, and through personal contacts, we stay in touch and I know how they're doing. I know what they're doing and, and I get to see them grow, their families. Uh, I mean, I have former students now who, who have uh, students that just graduated from college, kids that just graduated. So um, it's, it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. It's been a privilege. And God has blessed me to touch uh, these young folk and, and make a difference. So that is my greatest achievement, I think. Yes, ma'am. I, over 40 years of service, I know you've touched a lot of lives and much respect to you for, for that amount of time and service in your profession. Coach Goins, I see that you got your man sealed in the paint, so I'm going to toss it down to you. Well, listen, Coach, I certainly appreciate it. And, Dr. Brockton, thank you so much for just, you know, really drilling down on that and the impact that uh, that you've had. And and here's, here's where I want to go. And it's kind of on the lines of the HBCU. So, of course, you know, hail to the uh, to the Eagles of North Carolina Central, as well as, as well as well as Howard University, and as well as Norfolk State University. You, you've been you've been fortunate to be able to to leave a mark on those three prestigious fine institutions of higher learning. So, in that, what, what is that experience? What is that being HBCU born bred? Uh, that understanding can can you elaborate and, and touch and, and just what was what out of those three campuses what made those specials what made those special to you well absolutely I can tell you um, and I, I'm glad you asked me that because I love the opportunity to, to share this um, you know oftentimes I hear people say that the need for HBCUs uh, has gone away because uh, all colleges and community colleges are open now for everybody, but it's not just about that. Uh, and I can speak on this because I initially went to um, the University of Arizona. So I went all the way across ca uh, the country. Wow. Uh, I had no relatives, no friends, didn't know anybody. I had one aunt, but I didn't even know her. And uh, it was um, it was a cultural shock. It was uh, it was just a shock. The whole thing was a shock. Um, but what I found out was um, I had classes at the University of Arizona at that time had thirty thousand students, and only three hundred or less were black, and that included full time, part time, grad, undergrad, uh, everybody. And so it was a cultural shock, uh, first of all. But the thing that I didn't care for was the classes were so large. I had um, several classes that were in gigantic auditoriums with 400 people. Wow. And, uh, and I was assigned a seat number. And as long as there was a warm body in the seat, they didn't know or care. Uh, if I was there, you know, uh, um, Godzilla could have been sitting in the chair. <laughs> as long as the seat was taken, they'd have marked me present. And the other thing, when you go to really, really, really large schools, um, oftentimes the professors, the, the senior professors who are the ones who've worked and researched and have all the knowledge, they don't even teach. They send their graduate assistants in or their student assistants in to teach and grade papers and that sort of thing. And <clears throat> I just, um, I don't know, I kind of lost my way. I did lose my way for a while. And so I came home after a couple of years and 
Um, I sat out a semester, which was the worst semester of my life. Um, but, um, you know, I said, God, if you just give me a chance, you know, I, I know I can do this. But I was um, immature and, and um, not focused. But that little time was what I needed to get myself together. So I transferred to Central. And the first thing that happened was I cut one of my classes. Uh-oh. And I ran into, you know, how it goes. I, of course, I ran into that particular teacher later that day. And she said, well, Miss Goins, I noticed you weren't in my class today. I said, you did? You you missed me? She said, oh, yes, yes, ma'am. And you will not ever do that again. I said, no, indeed, I will not. And so the personal attention was the first thing that struck me. Um, and my professors were brilliant. They were people who had done the work from the bottom floor up, and they cared about me, they cared about my progress. I wasn't just a seat number. I was a person, I was an individual, and they wanted me to do well. And uh, and so I will tell anyone that what separates HBCUs from uh, PWIs and other institutions, in my opinion, is the nurturing that goes on. There are people who really care about you. And it's and even if you're doing well in class, they can always tell when something else is wrong, when something is bothering you. You can't look at a person and see what their burden is. You can't. And so to find out that students were homeless or they had really, really difficult family situations, um, all of those things impact the way you work in class. And so I had to learn when I became a professor that somebody falling asleep in my class did not mean that I wasn't entertaining and engaging and wonderful. What it meant was most likely they were working two jobs just to be able to stay uh, in school. And so being at an HBCU um, puts you in touch with those kinds of situations so that, you know, you, you spend more time caring about the person and trying to uplift the person as well as the academic part. You really shouldn't have one without the other. Um, and so I, I am so, so, so in love with HBCUs, all of them, because all of our missions, you know, there's rivalries, I, I know, but but we all have the same mission, and that is to take students, meet them wherever they are, and get them to be as successful as they possibly can. Wow. So listen, folks, don't call us, don't call Coach Quick, don't call Coach Goins and say, man, who's... Who was the, who's the uh, doctor on from Norfolk State University? This is Dr. Wanda Brockington. You know what, Coach Quick? She is dropping dimes just like if she was on the hardwood dishing out some assists. So, listen, we're going to step away for this quick break, but we have on a very special guest via telephone, Dr. Wanda Brockington, over 40 years of service at the prestigious Norfolk State University. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Looking for a smarter way to shop for your insurance for you and your families? Look no farther. There is help. With several different companies and plans to choose from, whether it's life insurance or Medicare supplemental plans, finding the right plan has never been easier. Licensed with multiple companies and able to shop various rates, plans to help find the best plan for you and your budget. Independent insurance broker Curtis Jackson is the one to call for help. 
Call Curtis now at 919-614-5796 for a no-cost consultation. All right, so look, folks, we are back in and via telephone, our very special guest, Dr. Wanda Brockington. She is retired now, and she was uh, the department chair for, in mass communication and journalism for over 40 years at Norfolk State University. Coach Quick, man, I, I see you got your feet set for that three-pointer. Go ahead and take that shot. Yes, sir. Dr. Brockington, mass yes. communication is a large footprint. How would you encourage your students or recommend students to pursue TV or radio? Woo, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, well, um, I oh gosh, there's so many different ways I could answer that. Um, you have to prepare, and uh, you know there's so much that you can do in radio or television. I mean, it's not a, a one-dimensional thing. Um, I also was general manager of our campus radio station, WNSP, blazing hot 91.1 on your <laughs> FM dial. And um, one of the things that um, we discovered early on, the, the radio station served as a training facility for uh, people who wanted to be on the air. But, I mean, you can be an announcer, you can be a sports caster, but you can also be into production, into sales, into marketing, um, and the same is true for television. What people forget is it's not just about the people who are on TV, but somebody has to keep them on TV. So I have lots and lots of former students who are working um, in the background, but it's very necessary. They're doing production. They're keeping these people on the air. I have several who are meteorologists, and they come to us with the weather. Um, and then, of course, with television, you also have marketing and sales. And, and truthfully, the money is in sales. If, if you want to make a lot, a lot, a lot of money, then sales is what you want to do. But you have to really be committed. You have to have the initiative. You have to make contacts and keep contacts. Um, and now back to um, another part of your question, uh, Coach Quick, and that is um, how do you get these jobs? Well, it's all about preparation, and um, I would – Absolutely recommend doing an internship, you know, get your degree in communications. And let me just say, a degree in communications is extremely marketable. It doesn't limit you to communication. Every discipline has to communicate. Every discipline. So if you have a degree, I mean, I have um, students who are... Um, uh, one guy who is the uh, senior vice president at Music Choice. Music is his love, but he got his degree in communications. Mm -hmm. um, I have another one who's head of a record label. They, they're they all over the place. Uh, the pre uh, vice president of a bank. I mean, there are no limits to what you can do with a degree in communications. So um, if you're going to pursue that in school, then... Uh, do well academically, but also do an internship. That's key uh, because they're looking for someone who has experience. So doing an internship would really help you have a leg up on the competition. And it is very competitive, extremely competitive. I would say work on your voice, work on your diction, 
um, the better you are able to speak, then the better impression you're going to make. Wow, that's great stuff right there. And as for somebody who wrote their high school senior term paper on being a sports announcer, you've given me a lot of input on what I would need to do to, in order to pursue a career in that field, um, as well as um, the, my football coaches gave me an opportunity to be a play-by-play analyst for the junior varsity football team. Right. So, I mean, this is awesome stuff that you're giving our audience and um, I, I think that's great. Um, Coach Goins, I see you running the secondary break, so I'm going bounce to bounce pass it to you for this layup. Well, you know what? If I was on the campus of North Carolina Central, and, and I may I may try to make the team of Coach uh, Coach LaBelle Moten to have a, uh, almost a 55-year-old player playing, so I appreciate that. So, listen, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Brockington, yes. you know what? That, that's, that's such a – and I'm going to kind of piggyback off of Coach Quick. That's so powerful. Um, people don't realize the number one thing you got to be able to do is communicate regardless. That is exactly. And, uh, and I certainly appreciate you framing it out. And, and as you were, as you were letting the folks know, and I had that as uh, one of my questions down here as the general manager of WNSB FM 91.1 in there as, as the general manager, I know that was another hat that you wore your day-to-day responsibility. If you could talk about that, uh, we'd certainly appreciate it. Well, um, I I was the kind of the um, I, I don't even know how to put it in words. I had a station manager, okay. and so the station manager actually handled the day to day operations. Okay, and so um, the staff reported to him, and then he reported to me. So I was sort of the liaison, if you will between the radio station and the administration. Um, but um, I, to tell you the truth, I started out um, when I first joined the department, before I was department head and before I was general manager years before, um, I actually learned how to be on the air. I actually had a shift as an announcer. I worked with the sports team. I used to travel with them. I did... Um, um, stats and during football season I really went after the athletic director to let me do sideline coverage Uh-oh. and he wouldn't do it. He said no. He said we don't want the other team to know who's hurt and what's wrong and so he stopped me from doing it and I, I see that things are so different now. All of the major um, uh, football games uh, on on uh, the broadcast networks, there are generally women who are on the sidelines reporting and in the locker room and all that. So that goes to show you how things change over the years. So I got my feet wet uh, actually doing the same things that the students eventually came in and uh, learned to do. Um, but um, at, in the end, as a general manager, you, you usually make the executive decisions. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things that we do. A campus radio station, and plus our station is uh, public radio, which means that we exist on um, public donations, just like um, the public TV station at UNC Chapel Hill and, and uh, PBS. Uh, that you get on your televisions. 
Um, and so it's different from commercial radio, but still in all, the students have an opportunity to learn how to be a broadcaster, to learn how to do sports. And by the way, before I forget it, um, the voice of Howard University, uh, Mr. Trevin Jones, is one of my graduates, and he calls all of their games. Um, but it gives the students, again, it's a training facility, so it yeah. gives the students an opportunity to hone their skills in whatever it is they need to do um, and make their mistakes locally so that when they get on the air for a commercial station, they know what they're doing. How, how about that? So listen, folks, one thing about it. We have Dr. Wanda Brockington, and she is 40 years of experience and, and service to the Norfolk State University, Mass Communication and Journalism. And we're going to step away for this short break. for for education but I meant in the sciences well I was crushed 
I, I just, because he made this gigantic speech about Norfolk State would help you, you know, if you pursue a degree. He didn't say the, you know, in science part, in technology. So anyway, um, um, as it turned out, um, the dean was, was really in my corner, and she created a scenario that made it impossible for me to turn down that opportunity. It was just too good to be true. So um, that's that's how and why I did it, and um, I, it it was it was an eye opening experience. It really was. I learned so much. I mean, I I did a paper. This had nothing to do with um, my my actual degree, but but in one of my classes, I did a paper on uh, Booker T. Washington and his stance on lynching. And my professor said, oh, well, you have to have, you know, primary sources for this. You can't just give me book articles and, and magazine articles. And I said, well, uh, Booker T is gone. I said, what would you have me do, stand over his grave and, <laughs> and hope for, you know, some kind, of, some kind of vision? He said, oh, he said, no, we have um, Booker T. Washington letters and papers in our library. Wow. Oh, my God. So I went to the library. Now, now here's the thing. I didn't know that I wouldn't be able to read his handwriting, <laughs> but but it was just fascinating. That that library is just chock full of stuff. I mean, and and I I was just in such awe. I said, "This is really the writing of Booker T. Washington." I just kind of couldn't get over it. So those kinds of opportunities present themselves at a place like Howard. And so I'm so glad I, I took advantage of it. I met wonderful people. My professors um, were, when I was in school, because I was also a college professor, they were my colleagues then, too. But then they became even more uh, of a colleague uh, after I graduated. And, you know, we would go to conferences together. We present papers together. So it was it was a very rewarding experience. I mean, it is it's difficult. Don't let anybody tell you that it's it's not hard. I, one lady that I knew there, um, she just couldn't take it. She quit um, working on her PhD and went to law school. She said it was easier. Oh my God! I don't know. Oh <laughs> I can't speak to that, but it it does require commitment and dedication and you you know it's 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 tough but i'm i'm so happy that i did it and uh it kind of changed my life in a lot of ways wow that's great stuff coach goings i'll kick it over to you well yeah i, I gotta ask this question so when you and your sure. husband when you and your husband are together and walking and somebody says dr brockington who turns around first both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, it, it, it happens all the time. You know, Either one, because he he works for the Department of Corrections as a psychologist, but he also teaches part time at TCC, and so it has happened more than once. Somebody says, "Hey, Dr. Brockington," and we both turn around, or somebody will call on the phone and say, "May I speak to Dr. Brockington?" And I say, "Which one?" Hmm. So exactly, yeah. that is. 
that is what happens when you have a, a two-doctor house. Yeah. But it's, it's okay. That, yeah, there's, We're that, good. There's nothing wrong with it. It's almost like uh, when we're walking off, I can just remember when you're walking off the practice field or whatever and, and somebody says, hey, coach, and there's like four or five of us and all of us turn around and look. It's, uh, I just I, I don't know. I just It came up. So All right, so here, yeah. I, I, I want to kind of step outside the lines, if you would, if you will. Sure. Uh, it's, and, and, and here's where I want to go. We've all had impact people in our lives. Uh, you're, a, you're a daughter, you're a sister, you're a wife, you're a mother. So if you don't mind, kind of share with us uh, some of the people that have been impactful in your life. Oh, um, mm. well, obviously my, my parents, um, I, I got different attributes from them, from each of them. Um, my sister, uh, we, we get closer as, as we get older because I'm 11 years older than she is. So I kind of didn't like her too much when we were growing up. She was just. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I just didn't like her too much. I mean, 16 and, and 5, that's oh, a that's huge tough. That's tough. That's tough. And she was always trying to be around me, and I was always trying to be with my friends. and so. But as you get older, the, the difference just melts away. And, you know, you we are truly sisters now. Um, and so I... And, and um, she went on to, to uh, go to law school, which is exactly where she should have gone with her talking self. So <laughs> nothing has changed. She's, she's, uh, she's doing well. Um, I, I had um, a professor at North Carolina Central um, who was, she was very good to me. Uh, she taught me. And uh, she did my recommendations when I got out of school. Well, well when I, I graduated in December and I started grad school the next month in January, and she wrote, God, she must have written my recommendations for not just grad school, but the first couple of jobs I had. I really depended on her. And, and you know, I knew that she thought a lot of me, and I knew that um, she thought I had been a great student and that kind of thing. So when you're getting someone to write a recommendation, for God's sake, you got to get somebody who really, you know, thinks that you're um, a good person and that you, you have a, a good head on your shoulders. So she did that for me. Um, obviously, I had um, um, other family members, cousins and aunts and uncles who were super supportive and cousins. Um, my family was behind me, even though I got teased after I got it. Um, but even my father said, um, when he introduced <laughs> me to somebody, he said, oh, yes, this is my daughter, Wanda. She's a talking doctor. And that was his way of distinguishing between a medical doctor and a Ph.D. Um, I had, um, believe it or not, when I got to Norfolk State, I had uh, female deans uh, my entire 40 years except for one brief moment I had a male dean but I, I can't explain to you how that happened but because it was very unusual in the the um, late 70s and early 80s to have female administrators mm -hmm. at an institution but I had female deans and so they became my role models I, I would look at them and say Gosh, she's sharp. I want to be like that one day. And um, I had um, a great 
my first department head was very uh, good to me. Um, he saw something in me that I never even knew I had. He hired me on the spot. I never met the president. Uh, I never went through the, the general uh, process that you go through to get hired at a university. He hired me on the spot, gave me a key to the office. Wow. And it was, it was really something because I had never taught before. Ever, not anywhere. I my mother had told me to take student teach, and I said, "Oh no, I'm not doing that because I'm not going to teach. I didn't ever want to teach." But you know, sometimes your steps are ordered. God has a plan for you, and you have to just be quiet and listen. Mm. And so I got over that, and um, he hired me. And uh, I tell you, I wasn't worth two cents. That first semester, I would have my my notes and things written out, and I'd start talking, and I'd look up, and I would be out of notes, and it would still be 20 minutes left. I was like, oh, my God. And now I talk so much that the time is up, and I haven't covered what I want to cover. So, um, I, you know, I grew into the role. Um, and and I, I suppose it was the dean, um, uh, Dr. Selma Thompson, who went on to be uh, president of Maryland Eastern Shore. Mm. She was a phenomenal woman, very, very smart, um, very, very kind, but she had a sharp tongue, and she could cut you, and you mm. wouldn't even know you were bleeding. Mm. She, was, she was good. And she said, uh, and she was from Jamaica, and she had that beautiful accent, and she said, um, I, I can't imitate her accent at all. But she said, Wanda, I want you to be department head. She said, I'm going to send you back to school. And I said, well, I thank you for that. I said, but, you know, Jason is in school, and, and Brock just started. I said, I don't think we can do that. She said, I will let you keep half your salary at Norfolk State, and I will give you a scholarship to go to Howard. Okay. I was on the next thing smoking. Because mm, you're not going to turn down an offer like that. Exactly. So I, I have been, when I tell you I've been blessed, I have been blessed. And when these opportunities present themselves, I try to, to do the very best I can because somebody and somebody's had a lot of faith in me, and I wasn't about to let them down. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of a lot of role models and a lot of people who were rooting for me along the way. I'm in several different organizations, and they were all supportive. They would send me little notes when I was living up there in, in Washington. And, you know, just, you know, uh, I hope you're doing well, and we're thinking about you and praying for you. That means a lot when you're living somewhere else and, you know, and I don't know if you've ever lived in D.C., but just to find a parking space, you know, <laughs> is, is uh, a trial and tribulation. So it, it means a lot to have that kind of support from family and friends. And I, I do have a wonderful village. I'm blessed with some really great family and friends. So, um, I mean, I could keep you here all day telling you about the people who influenced me and and who rooted for me there were just so many uh, but I did try to learn from each and every one and use those lessons wisely 
you know, and we thank you for for sharing with that. And, you know, for, folks, that's what you know, that's what we try to bring each and every week is the insight and realizing that you know what, it's not about us. It's about the people that pour into our lives. It's about the people that we uh, allow uh, them to pour uh, into our lives. And we have to be open and and honest and take that. And we certainly appreciate Dr. Wanda Brockington uh, taking us down that road. So we're gonna step away and we'll be right back. Visit our website, CoachGoins.Podbean.com. Always learn to pass. Process, attitude, sacrifice, satisfaction. Dr. Wanda Brockington, who has been dropping dimes from A to Z, talking about mass communication, talking about journalism, and talking about life. Coach Q, you know what? Doing my research, I was able to find out that uh, Coach, uh, excuse me, I almost said, you know what? Yeah, we'll give her that title along with Dr. Coach <laughs> Brockington. We'll go ahead and give her that. Uh, uh, go ahead and give her that handle. So, if you don't mind, Coach Quick, it, it, she's a Cowboys fan. Um, yeah. So, Coach Quick, I'm going to let you take that from there. Okay, Dr. Brockington. Yeah. Number one, I just want to know what what made you want to become a Dallas Cowboys fan, and are you excited about America's team thus far this season? I'm excited about America's team every season. I <laughs> Listen, I grew up, my dad, I think, wanted a son, and he never got one. I, I'm the oldest child, and I, I believed that he thought I was going to be a son, but at any rate, I used to hang around him, and uh, when he watched football, I would sit down there and watch with him. And um, in North Carolina, at that time, we didn't have a team. And so I used to, to watch the Cowboys every week. And I mean, back in the day when Bullet Bob Hayes was playing, and uh, the original 88 to me was Drew Pearson, mm. even though I like Michael Irvin and I really like C.D. Lamb, but my 88 was always Drew Pearson. So I, I went through um, years. I went through the good years, but I went through the bad years, too, when, when Dallas was 1-15. and 15. Uh, I was loyal, and I don't see any reason to change now. And people get so upset, you know, why are they America's team? Blah, blah, blah. That's branding. Mm. That is branding. And no matter what their record is, they are America's team because that's what has been pounded in our heads over the years, and it's hard to break away from that. Um, Jerry Jones, whatever his flaws are, he is a master at – um, uh, beefing up his his uh, team. You know, um, they are the number one franchise in the world. People all over the world know about the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't know who started that America's team stuff, but it has stuck. And, uh, you know, the haters are going to hate, and uh, especially the NFC East people. Oh, my God, I can't <laughs> tell. On Sundays, you have no idea when they win or when they lose. When they lose, I really hear it. But when they lose, the the Giants, Eagles, and um, Giants, no, Giants, Eagles, and um, Washington fans, especially Washington, when they lose, crickets. Watch out, Coach Quick. Watch out, Coach. Watch out, Coach Quick. Yeah, but when when Dallas wins, oh, they come on Facebook and they just let me have it. Mm. But you know what? It's okay. I I am so pleased with Dak. 
I love his attitude. I love his work ethic. Um, I'm glad to see that he came back from that awful injury. Uh, Zeke is playing good. I, I mean, they fixed up some of the problems in the secondary. Uh, they're doing much, much better because, in my opinion, for the last several years, their defense has been what cost them. Uh, uh, last year and the year before, Dak was putting up uh, great numbers, but they were still being outscored, and that's the defense. That's on them. And so I'm happy with, uh, real happy with Trayvon Diggs, my Lord. And uh, the rest of the second, it's like the team is, is rallying around all of the, the superstars, and everybody is playing well, and I, I just love it. I, I'm, and listen, you can call me coach, because when I tell you on Sunday, and I'm relaxed <laughs> today because they got a bye. So I didn't have to coach. I didn't have to practice. <laughs> I pace up and down. Ask my family. I pace up and down the floor when they're playing. I holler. I jump up and down. Um, I, I make suggestions about what kind of plays they should uh, be running in my own living room. And uh, I used to not want to talk to anybody for a day or two after we lost, but I'm over that now. I'm, I'm a little bit better in terms of, of losing. Um, but I, the, the thing is, I just love professional football. I love it. That is my sport. And that's number one for me. And then I like college basketball, then professional basketball. And after that, it's just a dry spell until I get back to August and football. <laughs> I, I used to watch golf when Tiger was playing, and I watched tennis if Serena or Naomi or somebody's playing. But baseball, mm-mm, that's like watching paint dry. Mm. No, thank you. Mm. <laughs> Coach, Coach Quick. Coach Quick. Yes, sir. If we ever, if we're ever on vacation, we're going to have all the calls forwarded over to uh, Dr. Brockington, uh, excuse me, uh, Coach Brockington, so that she can, uh, so she can drop. Did, did you hear a run? Did you hear a run down them Cowboy receivers from Drew Lamb. Pearson to yes, Michael sir. Irvin to who? Who's the new guy now? CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Oh, and, and listen, people, I'm telling you, you know what? So I'm going, I'm going to go out on this limb. If if CBS, Fox, if y'all need a sideline reporter, call Dr. Wanda Brockington. That's right. Right. And my, it, I, I was um, I was playing cards with uh, uh, some folk um, oh, a couple of years ago, and uh, the, for some reason the men were at one table and the women were at another, and so I mean they talked so loud I heard what they were saying, and the guy was struggling trying to think of the name of the. Uh, running back at Kansas City who was so good and so I didn't even break a sweat I said Christian Okoye he said how did you know that I said I just know things <laughs> you know what that, that's fantastic but you know what I, I will say this coach quick out of all yes, out of all that she just said I I have seen a picture with uh Dr. Brockington and my guy and my guy Mike Tomlin so just you know, I'm just you know, just, yes. giving, just giving yes. a little shout out there I, for I my statement. I actually did that. Um, it was at Hampton University. They had Michael Vick, Mike Tomlin, uh, Aaron Brooks, and somebody else. Um, but anyway, they, um, they were talking about the talent from the seven five seven. So yes, yeah, so, which is our area. So yeah. I, I had a chance to meet. And take pictures with Michael Vick. They were they were actually taping it for something on ESPN. Yeah. 
But that was a great day. I like the Steels. I like Mike Tomlin. That's right. He's, he's got troubles these days, though. I mean, we 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 actually got to buy. We got to buy today, so we're sitting at five hundred. So we'll. Uh, I know. We'll we'll, but... uh, we'll 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 maintain that. So, Coach Quick, I'm gonna kick it over to you, man, for your closing comments, and we'll we'll start wrapping up. Yes, sir, Doctor Brockington. I just gotta say, it has been a complete joy and pleasure to have you on the show today. To be able to interview you, talk about life, success as well as some as sports. But Dr. Brockington, there was a much closer team to you here in North Carolina than the Dallas Cowboys. It don't get no better than the Washington football team slash Redskins. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> because, listen, I called CBS in New York uh, a couple of years ago because we are forced to get Washington games. Washington can have a record of oh and a thousand, and they still put the games on, you Keep know, talking. regional game. And I'm like, are you serious with that? You have the ability to flex. You better flex to a better game. Because mm. mm. I'm not real happy with this, the game that we're watching today. I think mm. there were there were better choices than that. So I look forward to moving further into the season. <laughs> so when the game is out of reach, you know. It, we're not stuck just watching it. You know, they can flex to a different game. I want to see a more competitive game. But I have never liked Washington. No, indeed. First mm. of all, I didn't like the name. Um, they were the last NFL team to integrate. So, no, no, no. Mm. I cannot. Mm. I cannot. No. Wow. Uh, well, Co- oh, my. Coach, Co- Co- Coach Quick, man, I tell you what, man, I'm, I'm telling you, she, she's bring, she's bringing the heat. So listen, so what I want, <laughs> I, 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 I want to, I want to say this uh, as we start to close. I, I, I want to say it publicly. I've said it privately, but I want to just, you know, let you know, uh, Dr. Brockington, um, uh, what you, what your dad meant to so so many people. Me personally, just always just the, the motivation, motivating factor, one of the main reasons why I went into law enforcement. I'll never forget seeing him as, and I was a young man. I remember um, we were in Fayetteville at Uncle Allen's, and uh, Uncle Cecil came in and, and took his, and I'll never forget how he had a brown suit on. And he took, his, he took his jacket off, and he hung it on the back of the chair, and I saw his badge and his weapon. And as a kid, and as a, as a, a person of color, that's something that you back then I, I never saw, uh, right. you know, cause it wasn't on television. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Hill street blues. It what well, you didn't see any of that. And at that moment right. in time, it just, it, it burned the image in my mind and just wanted to, you know, the, the things and the honors that, uh, and the accolades that he received and people don't realize that, you know, he, he was with Muhammad Ali during the protests when they were in Houston, uh, right. you know, for those, mm-hmm. that, those of you that know Denzel Washington and, and follow American gangster, uh, also, uh, Uncle Cecil was uh, uh, taking uh, Frank Lucas back and uh, back and uh, forth uh, when that trial was going on. So he just had tremendous, tremendous uh, his career, his uh, the foresight, the vision. And I know you guys uh, miss him, and we just want to honor him uh, as well as uh, as well as uh, Aunt Laverne, and just thank them for what they did for instilling in all of us, uh, but most importantly for you and Carol as well. So with that, I'll toss it back over to you, uh, Dr. Brockington, for your closing comments. Well, I thank you so much, um, Coach Goins and uh, Coach Quick, for the opportunity. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Um, I, you know, I, I talked for 
a living for 40 years. So <laughs> nothing has changed. I still love to talk. And occasionally I do um, speaking and uh um, Black History Month programs and stuff. But it's been really wonderful uh, joining you on your podcast, and I wish you both uh, continued success and good health and, and a good life. And thank you for including me in it. I, I had a great time. Thank you so much. Coach Quick, get us to the locker room. Yes. Once again, our show was dedicated to the late Sheriff Hubert Peterkin of Hope County, North Carolina. May our condolences be with his family. Our thoughts and our prayers are with them. For Coach Goins, our very special guest, Dr. Wanda Brockington, formerly of Norfolk State University. And for myself, Coach Quick, we'll see you in the gym. You've been listening to Basketball More Than a Game with Coach Goins and Coach Quick. Our podcast is available on podbean.com.